Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yes. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you locked on Clippers every once in a while. Close. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Kill some windshield time with us. Make us your first listen. And let's dive into what I might consider the Clippers' most complete victory of the year, all things considered. The offense did look great. We're going to lead off talking about that win over the Suns. Very unexpected uh, from this broadcaster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we welcomed it. Uh, we'll talk about what we liked is that from that one, as well as a couple things. Really not a whole lot to dislike, sure. um, but th there are a couple things. And then... It's my favorite day of the week. It's Twitter Tuesday. Every single Monday, we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. Mm -hmm. Got some great stuff in there. We are going to be talking about Hartenstein uh, in the surge situation. Oh, that's a sticky situation. All sorts of great like. questions, so I can't wait to dig into that. And then in shavings, uh, we have some more stuff on Brandon Boston Jr. And mm -hmm. then Charles. You know Charles wants to talk giveaways. <laughs> or lack thereof, I should say. It's been a little interesting to start this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's just get into it. Let's do it. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So the Clippers took care of business against the Suns 111.95. Gotta let you know this episode is brought to you by Truebill, which is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. And they can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Let's get this out of the way. There was no Paul George, no Nick Batum, no DeAndre Ayton, no Devin Booker. So look, the, the Clippers were a little more shorthanded than the Suns. I Should think have got moved to prime time. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that. Um, let's get into what we liked with this one. And um, this was Marcus Morris's quite literally best offensive game of the year in a time when we needed it so badly. Definitely. Yeah, he stepped up big time. I, I kind of talked in the preview about, you know, who was going to be that guy if Reggie was kind of like, you know, ready to settle into that role as sort of like the number two or number one option when yeah. Paul George is out. And Morris did it big time. He finished with 24 and 11. Look, the scoring. <laughs> it was it, disrespectful. It was incredible. <laughs> he, I mean, he only attempted four three-pointers. Yeah. Everything else, he was like living in the post. He got a lot of post touches. Ty actually... Give a lot of credit to having Morris back as to, you know, sort of opening up this offense. And, and we're going to talk about spacing sort of throughout this episode because this highlighted that, you know, like things are moving in the right direction for this offense, which is mm -hmm. great. Uh, he also mentioned how Morris's kind of post touches can also really help slow the team down and, and give you a little bit better clock management. It's, yeah. It's just one of those things because, you know, Morris can obviously pass out of there if he draws the double team. It just opens up a lot of space. Uh, I think a thing that was super impressive about it, though, is the 11 boards. Man, a lot of people rebounded well in this game, but he talked about it. The boards helped him offensively. He's like, I get the ball in my hands. I get the rhythm for it. It's just time to go. Yeah, and I mean, we were really able to capitalize on the Suns' relative lack of size in this one. Anytime yes. JaVale McGee was not on the floor, we were able to punish them with Morris. We were able to punish them with one of either Zoo or Hart. Um, it was really, really effective for the Clippers, you especially said, in that third quarter. You when said Hartenstein's name. Whom? Hartenstein. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Uh, the, the Clippers. I've never center. heard of him. Um, Luke Kennard. A lot of people were great. A lot of guys in double digits in this game. Luke Kennard continues to just be lights out from three. Um, 16, nine boards. Yeah. And four assists. Where did these rebounds come from, dude? <laughs> dude I have no idea. But we really needed them. Um, he went three of five from deep. Uh, anything else you want to say about Luke Kennard? Like, he's he's been phenomenal. Okay, well, like, I... <laughs> 
Don't read too much into this, but the Clippers' four-game win streak also coincides with Luke Kennard's fourth game straight of 15-plus points. Whoa. He's not, uh, you know, obviously he's not the only reason him in the starting lineup. He's bound to get more field goal attempts, but I do think that, once again, it's an indication that we're starting to get this spacing figured out. Uh, we're starting to get guys, uh, you know, just more room to operate in the in the spaces where they're most comfortable. And, you know, Doc used to talk about uh, Landry's attempts, and it was like an indication of how, and JJ before that, yeah, about how sort of it was an indication the ball was moving. And I think, you know, keeping Luke Kennard, those, those attempts up there in double digits is definitely a sign that the ball is moving in a, in a positive way. Absolutely. Who else, else do we like? What else do we like? Reggie Jackson, 19 points, unfairly efficient shooting, had his Reggie moments, took a lot of knocks, which we're going to talk about what we didn't like. But yeah. he left it all on the line tonight, man. I mean, Reggie, he hit, look, he hit the game winner against the Magic um, uh, at the 1230 game. He was he's just invaluable for this team. Like I, We talk about who the second most important clipper is. Obviously, Nick Batum is in that discussion. Reggie's very, like, they're kind of tied almost. Yeah. Because um, we and, need his I mean, score. now that Morris is back at 100%, I mean, there's a lot there's of... There's a lot of second most important Clippers. There's a lot of second most <laughs> important Clippers, which is a great situation to be in. Uh, Terrence Mann had another good game following up his last good performance. Uh, he finished with 17-9-3. and He made a three, like, without hesitation, which Dude, was great to see. Caught it, let it flew. We need to see more of that. Yeah, he's definitely looking a lot more decisive. He was a big part of sort of pushing the ball um, mm -hmm. in transition, which was great to see. Ty, overall, was not happy with our execution in transition. We did have 17 turnovers. But, hey, let's finish with what else we liked. We got to talk the big man. Dude, okay, we'll start with the guy who started the game. Avica Zubats, this was his best defensive game of the season. What did he finish with? Four blocks? Four blocks. He was on an island with Chris Paul more than a few times. And it wasn't like a lot of times in those situations, I'm like tensing up so yes. hard my, my teeth are losing <laughs> shavings. Um, forced an offensive foul um, on Chris Paul. Like he just, he herded him where he was supposed to go. We didn't really let Chris Paul, Chris Paul get too comfortable in the mid range and stuff like that. He ended with eight points, five boards, four blocks. Not the craziest box score, but if you watch this game, he was, he was all over. He it. was moving he was guys out of the way. It. He was, you know, and what's nice is the Clippers won rebounds in this game, in part to Zoo. He only did grab five, but he seals things off so guys like Kennard can grab nine, so Moot can grab 11. Like, That's a great point. He is a part of these other guys having these yes. great rebounding games. Um, and then the person that you won't ever talk about, the Clippers' other center, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein. We're going to talk about him <laughs> in the next segment. Look, spotty defense in the first half. He tightened it up in the second, which was great because Zoo got into some pretty insane foul trouble that we'll get into in just a few minutes. But 12 points, five boards, seven assists, two blocks, one turnover. It's nuts, man. Like, he's rightfully taken Serge's minute. Yeah, look, I, Which I didn't think I would say. I was a wait-and-see guy, but we've waited and we've seen that Hartenstein is the second-best center on this team for what this team is trying to do right now. Yeah, I mean, we kind of thought, you know, that especially with the familiarity with Serge, that these guys would be, you know, kind of split in minutes, Serge and, and Hart. Yeah. Uh, but Hart has established himself, and he, he is definitely, he's definitely a better fit for what the Clippers are, are lacking and what they need right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, he's another part of that space. Like, Ty, you know, comments on his passing he all the time. He orchestrates the offense. Yeah. Ty was talking about how when Bled is, like, out or having an off day, Hart is the default, is the second string PG. Yeah. Like, I mean, every every press conference that Ty Lue talks about Isaiah Hartenstein, it seems like he likes him 
more and more. I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be able to be a Clipper after this season because he's he's playing well over his, what, $1.3 million contract right yeah. now. We got to enjoy Hartenstein while we can. He's putting in work. He's been fantastic for the teams. Just overall vibe. Him and Luke's connection is great too, which helps with all the spacing. And him um, and Zoo's like Zoo, Zoo. They, both of these guys really champion each other uh, yes. when they're doing good things on the floor, which is great to see. The vibes are immaculate right now. Um, let's get in to what we didn't like. Look, turnovers were a problem in this one. Um, but like we had two key guys out. We had 16 turnovers, which is one more than our season average. So kind of all things considered. Uh, yeah, like, could, I mean, definitely you know, could have been worse. Definitely been worse. definitely could have been worse. Should we talk about these Reggie Knox? Yeah, man. So he hit the ground a bunch. Yes, he was. I mean, yeah, he was on the floor a lot in this one. <laughs> on the floor a lot in this one. Took a kind of took a, a knee to the thigh on one possession. Then he fell and hit his face on the ball all in like the span of two seconds, which wasn't. Couldn't have felt good. Alfred Payton hit him in the face on a layup attempt. Yeah. That Reggie was playing defense on. It wasn't a flagrant, though. No, it, it, flagrant. it didn't get ruled yeah. a flagrant. It, it didn't look like a flagrant on the floor. It was just an unfortunate yeah. situation. But, but we're going to talk about it next time. He needs to rest soon. Honestly, maybe Wednesday, dude. He was moving pretty gingerly at that presser. Yeah, yeah. He like, was he was kind of limping when he got up from his uh, post-game yeah. media availability today. So definitely something to monitor moving forward. Look, I, I don't want to discredit this defense because it has proved time and time again that it is for real, uh, despite my questions sort of earlier in the season. We did, however, get a little bit lucky with some of these Suns missed threes. Sure. Uh, they made only seven threes all yeah. night on just under 30 attempts. Uh, but hey, I mean, look, the Clippers were a part of some of that for sure. Like there, there, were, there were a lot of altered shots. Um, there was a lot of good things happening. Absolutely. Uh, um, Brandon Boston Jr. didn't hit a shot. Kind of sucks. This would have been a good time for him to get in. I love beating the Suns, so it would have been nice to see him get a couple. I think he only had like three field goal attempts overall. He ended yeah. with four. Um, so Tyloo was like, "All right, not your Brandon Boston's going to be one of those guys where it's like, not your night. All right, we we know kind of right away it's not your night right now. <laughs> like, yeah. He missed two free throws too, which was he missed three free throws. Um, or excuse me, just two, which was kind of like interesting. But young guy, twenty years old, not an issue. Yeah. Um, overall, man, real quick, how are, we, how are we feeling after this game? Feeling really, really good. Ooh, the streak is there. The vibes are fantastic, except for one player in particular, which we'll get into coming up next. Um, hey, Clips win. We're on the streak. Let's keep going. Got to give a shout out to Truebill before we answer your Twitter Tuesday questions. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's why? A, it's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subs. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill just dominating their subscriptions. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subs in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. And now that you're saving money on subscriptions, how can you take care of your feet? Uh, you should check out Stance. Look, founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self expression. 
Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Choose from current collaborations with Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, The Goonies, Star Wars, The Office, NBA, and Pixar. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use Locked On at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. All right. Man, I'm on a pair of Stance socks right now. Um, welcome to Twitter Tuesday. Again, thank you to everyone who sends their questions in. Um, send them in on Monday if you want them to be on the pod. Send them in kind of whenever if you just kind of want to chop it up about the clips over on Locked On Clips. Um, we got a bunch of questions about Serge Ibaka and rightfully so. This, yes. is a, this is a weird situation that pretty much stems from, um, I'm assuming, kind of the back surgery situation would be my best guess, right? Yes. The way he answered that question earlier this year when he was like, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. The past is the past. About all that back stuff, it was like, okay, this seems weird. Um, Clips DJ asked, with how well Zoo and Hartenstein are doing right now and searching DNPs, how likely is it that we see a trade in the near future? Um, Ty Lu said he's going to keep the conversations between him and Serge Ibaka between them when it comes to the DNPs and coaches' decisions. Um, Serge also recently quote tweeted a tweet that said one bad chapter doesn't mean your story is over with big facts. Um, and Hartenstein has shown that he's better for this team than Serge is. Do we see a, a package with Serge coming in before the trade deadline? He's making nine mil. He's an expiring. So I, like we've talked about this, like what are you getting straight up? $9 million expiring Serge, probably nothing realistically like yeah he's a packageable contract yeah i yeah it's one of it's one of those things i mean he can still contribute to another team for sure i yeah the fit right now isn't super clear and i would understand if you know he had some ill feelings about this and it it, you know it can't feel good you know especially he played well in the g league like he was moving pretty well when he came back but yeah is it more surge or is it more how good hartenstein's been I I feel like it's got to be more of the latter. I think it's the Hartenstein thing. Yeah. He's just looked kind of better for this team. Like the advanced stance love, advanced stats love Hartenstein. We all know that. Um, Fouling is really the only issue. And then I was thinking today, I was watching the game and it was like, oh, wow, Hartenstein can't really guard Chris Paul. And I'm like, that's fine. (laughs) Like, are we really going to (laughs) be asking him? To do that a lot, like especially yeah. when it comes playoff time, because Hart's going to see minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, that's just going to happen. Um, who would you package with Surge? Is it Surge? I mean, most people would probably say Surge and Bled is what we were seeing on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, like that gets you to a salary price point, but like, I what are I don't. I'd the have other to, team has I, to say yes, basically. Yeah, I'd have to look at it a little bit more to see like what what you're really getting on return for that package. Man, dude, what do we think the Surge saga is? What are your feelings? Since we don't know what the personal conversations are, it's hard to really have any kind of actual, like, background on this. But what what are you just feeling just as a fan? I mean, I was really excited about this signing initially when it happened. Um, and injuries, you know, are, are injuries. It's, you know, it's so unpreventable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's preventable, but, like... To an extent, it, man. It, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. Um, so I, I am like a little bit disappointed that we probably won't ever get to see, you know, like what surge at full strength 
you know, like with Kawhi and this team, like what that kind of could have opened up in in a playoff run, um, which I do think, like him as a rim deterrent and like being a little bit more switchable. He makes a difference in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and like being a little bit more switchable than Zoo in some situations. Um, Yeah, I I do think that he could have been a factor last year. Um, But it definitely seems like things are heading into a direction where we are at an impasse. Yeah, like, I mean... I kind of blame I, the team. I, I have serious questions, like, will we see Serge play again in a Clippers uniform? Yeah, I mean, we were down so many guys tonight. Um, and I, part of me, I put the kind of blame on the team for this, for, for the back thing. I think that's a lot of where this stems from. Um, it's going to be interesting. We're going to keep monitoring it. But, hey... The- and if he ends up trading... Man, if he ends up getting traded for this team, I would have the illest of wills towards this team. You whoa! No, no, not me personally. Like if I was Serge, got it. I was like, damn. If <laughs> if I was Serge, because like oh, I'd be pissed. You had this injury. You wanted to get surgery right away. They made you stay in, even yeah. play some games, hurt because yeah. they were hoping to get you right enough for like a playoff yeah. run. You then so that delays your surgery. They pick up another center in the offseason because you're... Who they know is good. Yeah, because your return yeah. it is a little unclear. Sure. I mean, it makes sense like it, from a roster thing, but like on a personal level, I'd be like, be God damn. Yeah, it sucks. Um, Hart, he's going to see Hartenstein and Kawhi like, sharing a milkshake. He's like, that used to be me, dude. Like, <laughs> what is this? Um, but hey, Zoo and Hartenstein playing out of their minds right now. Yeah. And we need it. Um, Chenny John says, is it a matter of time before Reggie needs DNP for rest? If so, and assuming that Bled is that starting point guard, who's the backup? One guy or by committee? It's definitely a matter of time. I think that time's up. Like, let's rest Reggie on Wednesday. Um, I think it's probably Luke is the backup, unless he's also starting. Like, if Reggie's out, the, the guard rotation is interesting. I think we um, maybe see some Amir. Not starting, but maybe as the back. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to do something. I mean, Bled, I would assume, goes back into the starting lineup. Next to Luke, which I think is a better pairing, actually, than him and Reggie. Well, Hardenstein's probably the backup point guard. I mean, in this scenario, like, based on everything Ty Lewis said. Um, Michael J. Smith asks, what are the chances of the Clippers coming out of the West if Kawhi returns? 100%. I would say very, very good. Western Conference Finals would not be... I mean, with the way this team is playing, I feel like it's a pretty high office win right now. Pretty firmly on the board. I mean, we don't know what this team looks like full strength against like this version of the Warriors, but we've played the Suns in a playoff battle. Like yeah. we, you know, we've played Utah in a playoff battle. We've played a bunch of these teams played at the Dallas. top of the, yeah at the top of the conference before. So it's it's like nothing new. Um, Ty Lue's also hitting a great coaching stride right now. Yeah, I think his form's been good. He's getting a lot out of guys in a part of the season that's difficult. And, you know, we have even more difficult games coming up next month. So I think getting to the second round and feeling confident is very much on the table if Kawhi's with this team. Oh, yeah. I like our, our, I mean, (laughs) how could you not like our chances? Yeah. Um, Clipper Steve said, I think PG is going to be out longer than expected. How long realistically do you think the Clippers can stay top six without him? Um, Speaking of this, do we want him to play on Wednesday versus the Jazz? Um... I mean, not if he's not right, I guess. But if this is this is what the this is the third game that he sat out. Looking at the schedule, I mean, we take we we play Jazz, which 
you know, you might end up losing that game. Sure. Thunder, Spurs, Kings, which, I mean, you would hope the Clippers could get. Yeah, you can go, you can go two out of three there pretty realistically. Yeah. After uh, the Jazz. And then we have like the brutal back-to-back of the Nuggets versus the Nets. I would hope. Christmas, the day look, after Christmas. <laughs> I would hope that Chris Paul is back by. Paul George. Paul George. Yeah, <laughs> we just blockbuster the, trade we, goes down. We just played the Suns. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, no, I would hope that Paul George is back uh, by the 26th. But this is yeah. kind of based, Sin versus the Thunder. I'm fine with that. Yeah, this is kind of based on nothing. It's more just looking at the schedule and the and the difficulty. Obviously, if the injury warrants more than that, I'm going to be worried though if he's not playing by the 26th. That's when I'm going to start to be worried. I would be. If he doesn't play the 26th, but he plays in one of the games before, I'm fine. Because I think they should, I don't think anyone should have to work the day after Christmas. <laughs> Elves don't even work the day after Santa's not working the day after Christmas. Um, people shouldn't have to play basketball. What are you talking about? They shouldn't about? have to play basketball. Um, Clipper Spencer said, Clippers have the third worst transition offense in the NBA in terms of points per possession. And the second worst effective field goal percentage in the transition, according to NBA.com. First of all, shout out Clipper Spencer. I appreciate this question. He said, is there anything we can do about this? I mean, Ty Lue kind of said post-game that he's not the one out there with the ball, so all he can do is show guys film, which is a hilarious answer, but like, do you just practice transition more? Like, so it's, a, it's I mean, historically been ugly for the Clippers also the past yeah, handful of years. It's it's a couple of things, and it has been difficult with like the rotation, like the rotating lineups. Um, you know, all the all the issues that we had with availability, but it really comes down to like decision making and execution. And absolutely, which is kind of a cheesy thing sometimes, but it's transition basketball. Like Tyloo's joked about how everyone knows how to run a three man weave and all this stuff. Like, yeah, he's as tired of it as Clipper Spencer is. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I just think time and time again we see we see Reggie, we see Terrence Mann. I mean, you know, Bled at times. Paul George at times. We really see it across a, a lot bad. of our it's, main... And it's bad. A lot of our main ball handlers uh, kind of fumbling in transition. And look, it's one of those things. I, I think that it is something to worry about in the regular season. I think it becomes a little less of a factor in a, in a playoff situation, sure. obviously. Way less transition opportunities. Um, Fewer, excuse me. But yeah, it... It's annoying. It is annoying. And there isn't a way to fix it other than get a good stride going yeah you know um thank you clipper spencer also shout out clipper spencer the batum battalion would not be what it is without you um nba fanatic asks does the emergence of brandon boston make canard man expendable for a trade hate to lose either one what <laughs> hate to lose either one or even both but there are not enough minutes to go around for all these guys when the team gets completely healthy um, what <laughs> nba fanatic thank you for the question man canard Kennard is on the untouchable list with Marcus Morris, Avita Zubox, and Nip Batum. I, I, yeah, I, to me, Kennard is kind of an, he's an like, the, he's one of the best shooters in the league. I'm not really sure. Yeah. And it, it's like, you're still getting value on that contract. I don't really know what you're getting in return. Um, but Brent yeah, Boss is just too young. He's a rookie. Like, I don't think that Brand like this not podcast Luke's minutes. This podcast is very high on Brandon Boston oh, Jr. Absolutely. Absolutely. I still I don't know if at this point he is better than Kennard plus man. No. It, it's or one or the yeah. I mean or one or the other. The future's bright as hell, but it's the future. It's not the now. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's been great that he's 
I mean, it hasn't been great that we've been down guys, but it's been great that he's gotten some more opportunities than I ever really thought that he would this season. And for the most to, part, to play. cashed out with them. Yeah. Which has been great. Um, thank you to everyone for the questions. Um, you can send those in the at Locked On Clips. Coming up, we're going to be talking Kevin O'Connor, talking about Brandon Boston Jr. Um, and then I can't get these giveaways out of my head. But first, we got to give a shout out to Boost Mobile. Boost. Boost. Hey, it's awesome. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you can get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of Lockdown Clips, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too, and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone, limited new customers, and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere for all the phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Thank you so much, Boost Mobile. Loving that 5G. It didn't even make me sick. Now we're talking <laughs> shavings, which is oh where we just kind of wrap up everything else going on. I got a 5G <laughs> stomachache. I can't make it up. Uh, talk to me. Talk to me about Brandon Boston Jr. and uh, his recognition by the national media. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this podcast yeah. is taking a weird turn. <laughs> um, Kevin O'Connor wrote an article on how Brandon Boston Jr. is another second round steal for the Clippers. I think we can all agree on that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 51st. Passed on him twice. Thankfully, we got him the third time. Um, he said, from SGA in the lottery to Terrence Mann in Boston in the second round, the Clippers are building a strong track record in the draft. Jerome Robinson is their only recent whiff. Boy, what a whiff it was. Um, Especially when you consider that like we maybe could have finagled it to get Miles Bridges anybody and, else, and Shea. Hot take. Anybody else in that first 15. Um the Law of the Jam, the podcast tweeted asking if Daniel Oturu counted because famously Kevin O'Connor referred to Daniel Oturu as a young big man entering the rotation for the Clippers. Very clear that uh, that was not true. Uh, he was bad at basketball. Um, and Kevin O'Connor said they have a better track record than most teams and he wouldn't consider any late first round miss a whiff such as Fee or Oturu since every team has some misses. Lotto misses are the worst to have though. Oh, wow. Well, tip of the, ca the cap to KOC. We love because, KOC on this podcast. Because that is, guy. I feel like that is, that's a generous, uh, that, that's a generous assertion. I feel like we get a lot. We traded up to get O2. I know. Really. We get down a lot on some of those uh, picks, but they are, it is what it is. You know, like when you're a team, when you're a team like the Clippers and, you know, you've given up so many, uh, so many picks and swaps and future assets, you really kind of have to learn to deal with the hand that you're dealt uh and i think that they have done a really good job with that and i think another part of that um has been player development which is something that this team has completely turned around in the last two years couldn't agree more um, even losing um atkinson we're, yeah we're still able to develop guys yeah so in, in a way that you know i i wasn't sure if this team was capable of mm -hmm. like a couple of seasons ago well with doc as the head coach it was just like like we had terrence playing point guard because they're like hey played and lose in eighth grade yeah might be good again um but we, we've switched all that now we're listening to things like analytics and stuff like that which is and, great and even guys who are already in their career i mean like they talk about all the time like well the organization talks about how that is part of player development too but guys talk about how things are really optimized for them to be successful. Yeah. Uh, and you look at someone even like, 
like Luke Kennard and like where he was last season to where he is now. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who's now ready to step up into the starting lineup and win games. And not that that wasn't there before, but I do think the that shape he around has developed. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I do think that he has he has developed, and the team has also developed around him. A hundred percent, man. The vibes just can't just can't be better right now. Um, something that is kind of annoying that I noticed: someone rant like every like two weeks, someone will tweet out like, "If if the Clips don't win a championship, this trade was horrible," and they'll post the the Paul George trade. Yeah, willful ignorance. You're choosing I have to, to be, be honest, ignorant. I, I just, I think at least 20 teams, if not 30 teams in the league, make make that trade. It's for Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah. We're not drafting Kawhi and Paul George with any of those picks. Yeah. The year before with those picks, we drafted Jerome Robinson 13th. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, just, it's just not how it goes. Um, and we, I mean, like, to a certain degree, we got lucky on we really got lucky on Shay. Like on that, sure. like on him, you know, and every redraft being, has him going like, like second or like, yeah, something well, like him second. ending up being the asset that, you know, that he was. I mean, that that's a major sweetener in that trade um, to, to get those kind of wheels moving. And that is something I feel like we lucked out on that one. I feel like that one kind of fell in our lap. He yeah. was someone that I was like really high on coming into the draft because I thought that maybe he could fall to us. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, he exceeded expectations. Missing, wow. <laughs> missed the guy. Um, and then just wrapping this one up. Okay, look, the Clippers gave away ten thousand dollars. Yes, once a home, which game you could not get over. Do you November. think? Do you wake up in the middle of the night and think about that ten thousand dollars? Yeah, I wonder what that guy who was wearing the Rolling Stones shirt and not the Clippers shirt did with the ten thousand dollars or eight thousand five hundred whatever after taxes. But there's, they said, am I, I'm not losing my mind, but they said that in December there would still be giveaways kind of like at the home games, like kind of like a get in here early, wear your Clippers gear stuff. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that same thing is going on, but I mean, it's not like it doesn't seem like that. That's not going on at all. I mean, hey, they had an initiative. If you win the dance competition, (laughs) you get a gift certificate to the team store. What do you want? Well, they they had this whole thing of like we need people to get there early. Let's be fashionably early, which is such a great idea. Yeah, we love that idea. Let's get this stigma that like the Clippers don't have fans, whatever, whatever, um, out of there. But you gotta commit. They just did like. They literally threw money at the problem. They literally threw however many games it was in December, six, $60,000 at the problem. And then yeah. they're like, all right. I feel like even now, like you could just do like a jersey or something and people would still be pretty psyched. You could do anything <laughs> and people would be excited. They just set the bar at $10,000. Maybe start with two and five. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, you're building up in this, in this scenario? Yeah. You can't build down with fan giveaways. I think you can. Well, can you go from $10,000 to absolutely no giveaway? I mean, if you're a real fan. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> what would you give away real quick? What, what something worth $10,000 would you give away? Um, I don't know, like a ride from Stephen Ballmer. <laughs> you think Stephen Ballmer drives? <laughs> no, but I want to see what his car situation is. <laughs> It's not a car. It's just a little airplane that hovers. Same level of the ground as a It's a, a rickshaw. <laughs> oh, it takes him forever to get anywhere. Uh, that opens up a whole can of worms because he's a billionaire. Um, 
How much would you get paid a year to pull Bomber's rickshaw? <laughs> There's not enough. There's not enough money. 60 bucks an hour. <laughs> uh, all right, we got to get out of here. This last segment's taking a very weird turn. Wednesday's episode, Clippers versus Jazz preview. Another tough matchup. Uh, but hey, we just took down the sun, so who cares? What you say Wednesday? Um, we're going to have a poll over on Locked On Clips. Might be Serge Ibaka related. Who knows? Um, then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Will, if someone asked you, hey, how come you didn't talk about Isaiah Hartenstein on that podcast? What podcast is it? Where would you tell them they could listen to it? Uh, you could check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works fabulously. We mentioned up top, but this show comes at you five days a week. So if we don't mention Isaiah Hartenstein one day, there's still four other days in the week in which we yeah. might. You know, uh, keep bashing your head against the wall. So, so thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We really, really, uh, we really love the listens. We absolutely do. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.